Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I'm excited that you're here with us today. Our topic today is something that's extraordinarily relevant to every single person who is in business today because video is one of the fastest ways for you to connect with your audience, your prospects, and really make an impact out in the world. And so we've got somebody who is absolutely amazing at uh, kind of packaging up your videos and making sure that they connect with your audience. Before we get to Colin, I absolutely need to bring into the show, into our virtual studio, the man, the myth, the legend, the bearded wonder from the United Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, the one, the only, Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> well, it does seem absence makes the heart grow fonder. I feel like you really put some effort in there. <laughs> I actually am happy to hear your voice today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's, it's not going to lie, it's made me a little suspicious. <laughs> I'm like, I'm shocked. I was like, wait a second. I'm really excited to talk to Dean right yeah. now. What the hell's happening? Yes, but in response, I'm doing amazing, James. How about your good self? Equally amazing. I actually just got back from a fishing trip in Alaska. Oh, right. Just day before yesterday, which was probably one of the coolest things I think I've ever done. Well, aside from spending time with me. Obviously, that's a given. That's right. a given. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Oh, so, can't wait uh, to hear all about it sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, in for right now, let's uh, let's bring Colin Hogan into the show. Colin, welcome. How's it going, man? It's going quite well. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so one of the uh, one of the things that uh, that we like to make sure our guests understand on the show is that we're going to give you a hard time. So I hope that's okay. <laughs> that is a okay. I'll feel right at home. That's uh, being the youngest of four siblings. I grew up with that. <laughs> okay, so it's second nature for you. Yeah, like to ensure that every guest regrets their decision to be here within two minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's our that's our litmus test for like how well the show is going. Does the guest yeah. really regret having done this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a a good way to do it. Not exactly our approach to video, but uh, you know, podcast is a different game. So totally you gotta, different. You do what you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in all seriousness, so um. You've got a you've got a company that you run called Demo Duck, and you guys, uh, you know, really are all about video production. And there's all these different types of videos that people can do. Um, and I want to get into you know kind of the meat and potatoes of some of that stuff. But before I do, can you just help me understand like why did you go down this road in the first place and start doing anything at all with video? Like, wh is there a story there? Yeah, um, I mean, it started way way back in the day when I was a kid, just shooting fake commercials in my VHS camera with my siblings, uh, had my own TV show in high school on the public access channel, actually. So I was always dabbling in the world of video and um, really kind of did it on the side and found this position through kind of a mutual friend, just a job posting on Facebook in, in terms of uh, just a marketing manager is what they were looking for at the time. But I knew I wanted to get into 
video production in, in some regard. And I, and I actually really like business video production in general of like the idea of making commercials, making being strategic with how you're telling different stories for companies and brands and, and so forth. So yeah, just kind of fell into it through a mutual friend, but had always done it on the side as a passion since I was a kid. Well, I want to know about some of these commercials that you made as a kid. What? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so there, no, we need yeah. to deal, dig into that. I think the first one I did was a fake El Paso salsa commercial. So I don't know if if listeners are going to remember this this old commercial, but there was one where there was a bunch of cowboys around a campfire eating salsa, and then they come to find out that salsa is actually from New York City, and they get really mad at the person who brought it because they don't like city slickers. They're these cowboys or whatever. So we made <laughs> that basically shot for shot remake. But in our remake, we actually extended the story and we followed this guy who gets beat up. And that was portrayed by me at the time. He like goes <laughs> into a saloon. So we really just built out this whole world based off of El Paso Salsa, who's not currently a client of Demo Duck. El Paso Salsa, if you're out there, would love to bring this full circle and have you as a client. But um <laughs> Yeah, so we just chose random f- commercials we thought were funny at the time and just basically <laughs> ripped them off and reshot them in our basement. That, <laughs> that's amazing. Was uh, I'm sure the the acting was just like top notch. The costumes, the scenes were like all really perfect, right? Oh, it was yeah, it was really good acting. Um, I mean, <laughs> that was mainly a lot of it done by myself. Especially, I had like a, a moved from the New England area, so I had like kind of a funny New York kid accent at the time. So it really kind of sold it over the top. But yeah, it was uh, it was fun to do. And I got I haven't watched those videos in probably 12, 13 years, but got to go back and pull out those VHS tapes. I feel like it's time, and I also feel like uh, if you can dig them up and get them online, we need to put a link in the show notes for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I- yeah. Dean, do you uh, do you agree with that? Do we have a unanimous Absolutely. vote on this? Absolutely. It has to happen. Yeah. It would be weird if it didn't. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, if there's a documentary about my life, not that there ever would be, why would there be? But if there were, that's, you know, that's how it would start. It'd be a granny VHS footage of like, here he is, a young video producer uh so i gotta I got dig them up so i can just maybe i'll just produce my own documentary in a very uh narcissistic way ladies <laughs> and gentlemen the young colin hogan started at an early age with vhs tapes in his basement getting beat up in a fake el paso salsa commercial um so you, know, you didn't think you'd leave here with a biography video did you there you go yeah that's perfect. I'm just uh, I'm just hedging and like, all right, if Colin really does all this and it becomes big, I want a shot at being the voiceover for his documentary. Right. <laughs> I mean, that was a, that was a great audition right there. It was good. It was good. It, it sounds you, like it, the documentary is being made because I'm I just died, so it's a little gloomy. But other than that, uh, just roll with it, Colin. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> then things turned tragic. What did <laughs> that's I tell right. you? You'd regret being here within two minutes. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's now right. He's like, man, full circle. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. All right, so let's let's uh, let's talk about something um, a little bit more based in reality. I don't think that'll be too hard to do. So here's my question about video. There's all these different types of videos that you can use, and every there are a lot of people out there saying, "All right." You know, all you need to do is use video and then there's there's like Facebook lives, there's promo videos, there's animation and explainer videos, there's all these different things. My question is, how do you decide what kind of video is the right kind of video to use for your situation? It's a good question, James. Thank you, Dean. 
<laughs> I like the approval there. Um, it I really, see approval regularly. That's uh, that, that meant a lot to me. It, it's creating whatever video is going to answer the biggest qu- the question you get most commonly asked. Uh, so if that's just like, what is your company and what do you do? If it's your elevator pitch and you're saying that a thousand times a day, then it's most likely explain your video. If it's people saying, who the hell are you? Then it's probably some sort of company story or company testimonial video. Or if people are saying, does this really work? And who can I talk to that actually uses your product or service? Then you're looking at customer testimonials. Uh, but really, it's just the the question you get the most, figure out how to answer that via video, uh, and then craft the story, craft the script, uh, and go from there. Most people, if it's their first foray, I'd say start with an explainer video. Um, if that, you know, in terms of the first professional production, uh, but really, it's just, it, it could be people that you have as current customers who can't figure out how your widget works. And then it's just like a tutorial video, but whatever is going to answer that most commonly asked question, just make a video for it. Okay. So let's, let's go with this explainer. And do you have a video on your website right now that addresses why you such an ass? Uh, No, but that is (laughs) one of the most obvious questions I get asked all the time. So maybe Colin can help me out. That sure, sounds like sure. another documentary might be in the works because we we're going to have to probably go way back to <laughs> your childhood yeah, no. to get, get deep in there, get psychology involved. Um, so, sorry, you want to touch more on the explainer video side of things? Well, yeah, and, and just to close the loop on that, you're absolutely right. That video about why I'm such an ass will be rooted <laughs> deep in my childhood. So it's going to take a little <laughs> bit of research and time to get that one out. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. That will be a good story to tell. I think so. I think uh, – I think the other question I get asked a lot is why do I do the podcast with Dean? Because he's such an ass. Um, <laughs> so I guess maybe we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be working with you on a couple videos. Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So back to the explainer video, what makes a good explainer video? Cause I've seen some that really are good. And then I've seen some that you're just kind of like, ah, I don't know that I really got any information out of that. It wasn't very valuable. Are there some, uh, I think what I'm asking for, Dean, is I want Colin to give us the tips now. Oh, straight in there. No messing around. No messing around. Like, what are the tips on creating that great explainer video? Because I think most people could benefit from having something that is succinct and entertaining and educating around what they do. So how how do you script something out like that that really works? Yeah, I think succinct is the key term there. Uh, typically, you're setting up some sort of problem where talking about the status quo to sort of establish that you understand where the viewer and target audience uh, is coming from and what their issues are. And you kind of pivot to the solution, introduce your product or service. Uh, and then I think the key is you just can't get too jargony with how it works. Again, just speak directly, be concise and succinct to steal your term again with the value proposition, with the benefits and also how it works, just make it very clear and try to remove as many questions and doubts as people may have and keep it to 60 or 90 seconds. Don't make a four or five minute explainer video. It's not a captive audience. They just want to get that information as quick as possible and then tell people what to do in terms of next steps and the call to action at the end. But I would say the biggest thing in that general framework is just keeping it very conversational in the script, speaking to the proper intelligence level to that audience and not trying to get too cute with it. So let's, so, so do you have an example? Uh, I mean, maybe you want to go back to your El Paso salsa commercial or something else um, <laughs> that would help illustrate that. Like who have, who have you guys worked with 
that you were able to like do that and kind of walk us through that that process because I think my experience of business owners and entrepreneurs is they're so so close to their product or their service and they mm-hmm. understand it so well mm-hmm. it's actually becomes difficult for them to explain it to somebody who's not as as close to them or, or close at least to it in a as way they are. that's easy for them to understand right uh, like yeah like you say like when you're so close to things you you tend to talk about them in a way that just no one else it makes no sense right yeah, exactly. It becomes like obvious to you, and then you're shocked that people aren't following all of your jargon and techno babble. Right. It's like trying to listen to somebody that trades forex or something or stocks, and you're mm-hmm. like, I have no <laughs> idea what you just said. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I think that's valid, and I we try to come in with the perspective of, hey, we want to get as much information as we can so that we understand how you talk about yourself, how you talk about your product, who your target audience is but we also want to be able to still have that layman's perspective so that we can read the script or look at the video when it's done and understand it uh, from our, like, you know, we're a video production team. We're not in the world of Forex or blockchain or what have you. So having that kind of outsider's perspective, I think is, is important. But one that kind of propelled us back in 2014 is we made a video for crazy egg, which is a Neil Patel run organization in terms of like that one is very structured in the, uh, you know, kind of, workflow of a typical explainer story um and one that got a lot of traction for for us obviously that's several years old old now and we've kind of evolved as a brand and moved outside of the explainer space but very much kind of has a fun story a fun hook targets the right audience uses some some good looking illustration but still isn't too fluffy and, and kind of works its way through uh setting up the problem the solution there's actually some actual illustrated UI so you can see what the this, the product actually looks like and, and undertake uh, the challenge of, you know, what would it be like if I actually use this product? What would it look like on my website? So just, you know, making people feel comfortable and getting a good idea of, oh, this is what it would look like if I use Crazy Egg to um, track customer move, movement on my website. And and how much how much are you starting that with this is the this is the problem or the current reality of the person who's going to be our prospect. Like like how 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 is that positioned at the beginning? Yeah, so we obviously have a discovery call and all on that we have or before that I should say the client fills out a creative brief about 10 questions that just ask those questions ask plainly, you know, who is the target audience? What are your top 3 goals for the video? Who are your competitors and what sets you apart from them? And we just kind of walk through those questions, dive a little bit deeper in that uh, discovery call to make sure that we're understanding things. And honestly, for a lot of our clients, uh, especially in the past when we had a little bit smaller businesses, that exercise is the chance for them to all get on the same page because one VP may say our value, number one value prop is XYZ, but someone else may say something different, especially if one's in product and one's in you know, marketing or whatever it may be. So um, that's typically how we get that understanding on the front end though. Are there any questions in there that uh, that you guys are asking to elicit those responses from people that wouldn't be obvious. Ooh. Like who's your client? Like what's their problem? I think those are, those are kind of like, okay, that makes sense. Is there anything that you guys ask that's wacky that kind of elicits a useful, useful response? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if wacky is the right term. Sometimes we've done what's called like a think, do, feel exercise. What do you want someone to think when they're watching this video? What do you want them to, to do after watching the video? And how do you want them to feel throughout the video as well? Um, and just mm. kind of one time we did that in person and went around the room and had people kind of fill those answers out on, on a note card. 
and then share those answers. Uh, it's also just fun mm-hmm. to see people. Some people get like very emotional about it and like feeling how they feel about this technology. So that's kind of cool to see. And then other people in the room might be very straightforward of just like feel happy, <laughs> uh, think good. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I think that's just an exercise also for us to, to get to know our clients better. I wouldn't say we have necessarily anything wacky, but we do ask like non-negotiables if there's specific references of videos that they've seen by other people that they've been drawn to or by demo duck that they've been drawn to. But um, yeah, kind of, we use it mainly as like a high level rundown to get understanding of who they are and, and what they're looking to do. Mm, nice. So here, here, here's something I, w- I would love us to cover uh, in relation to obviously the world of video. So the differences or, or the different uses or reasons someone might go one way or another in relation to when should you or shouldn't you go for, say, a professionally produced, you know, high production video versus somebody just say grabbing their phone and, and recording something that's just them and natural and just, just off the cuff kind of video. Do you see what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's, um, that's one way to do kind of a, a lower budget video. There's also frankly like online tools who can give you a minimum viable video that has like stock clips that you can use or uh, stock assets. Uh, so, I mean, I think typically it's more of like, where you are in a business in terms of probably people and financials. If you're in the, you know, pre-revenue as people call it, basically not making any any money, uh, then you probably don't want to invest a lot in video. But if you have a little bit of funding, I'd say, you know, a couple of years ago when we started out, we were kind of targeting companies with like a million to 5 million in funding. Now we work with fortune 500 and uh, I've moved definitely outside of the explainer space, but uh, before, before you get funding, when you're maybe one, two, three people, uh, yeah, sh- just shooting things real down and dirty to put on LinkedIn or put on your social channels to talk about certain topics to establish yourself as a thought leader is definitely one route to go or just using some online templates and tools to put some sort of homepage together that quickly communicates your value proposition, but maybe doesn't look 100% polished. Uh, but then once you get some funding, you get some momentum, you're getting a little bit more eyeballs on your site as well. That's when it's probably time to to turn to someone like demo duck and, and get something a little bit more high fidelity, higher fidelity. Do you, do you feel like there's a, um, there's like a line where if it's just like too low production quality, you shouldn't even bother. Um, you know, I, that's a, it's all taste. And that's something that we have to work through with a lot of our clients. Cause we've had to go back to that brief. When we asked for references, we've had clients send what, I would describe as very low caliber, very low budget feeling videos. And these may be super large companies that think they, they look great. Uh, I would say the biggest thing is there just can't be mistakes in the video. Like there can't be spelling mistakes. There can't be grammatical mistakes. The script has to actually like make sense. Um, but you can do very, very basic things and that's totally fine, but it just has to, not feel uh, like it's mistake prone and that people can't really trust it. But basic, basic mm. low level stuff is, is fine or um, less expensive things I should say. Uh, but if it's, it feels like it was just chopped together hastily or put together by people who didn't understand what the video was trying to say, then, then that, that might not be the right fit for anyone. Do you do you find that beards that contain somebody who has a beard as magnificent as Dean's <laughs> perform better yeah, than others? I, I think that's typically 
a big part of what we do. And something we should add to the brief is beard or, or no beard. If yes, uh, you do have one, like yeah. the volume. There, I thought there. everyone collected that coin based off of that question. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to make conversation here, Dean. Obviously, yeah. that's a yes. <laughs> right. We did, yeah. We and of course, then there is the English accent. That's always proven to work <laughs> best. We yeah, we do actually. The accent thing is funny because we do get quite a few American companies who want a British accent. It's like, uh, do, why? Because <laughs> it sounds like sophisticated, which maybe that's true. But um, you know, we always advocate that you should just use the voice that feels the most relevant and on brand not necessarily just trying to <laughs> use an australian accent to make you sound worldly or whatever it may be i'm, I'm glad you said that because when you first said it I, if i had a sound for an <laughs> eye roll i would have done it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so here's here's something i, I would love to ask because obviously having good video and everything and video that looks great is one thing but then having video that actually you know produces the results, you know, gets, gets, you know, turns the visitors into customers is, is obviously the whole next thing. So how much behind, um, the process of planning and producing video do you guys put into that side of things versus what the cost, like the client might want a, a video that just looks great, but is there a whole nother side of things that goes into the plan behind this? Yeah, man. In terms of just the strategy side of things that kind of what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Like the actual outcome that people are looking from the video in terms of, you know, we don't just want a video that's on the website for no mm -hmm. reason. You know, if it's on a website to get a sale or things like this, is there, you know, a lot of the planning side of things that goes into that? Yeah, there's a few things that we can do if it's actually tracking the success of that video. I mean, obviously there's some things like A-B testing or, or click-through rates if they embed an annotation within the video that they can take a look at or just use count and stickability in terms of when is customers dropping off if they're hosting it on something like Wistia that's going to have advanced analytics. They can see a little bit more of that, but kind of our considerations on that front um, is, is more about kind of how quickly we're getting to certain things and where we're dwelling. So if they have like customer testimonials or reviews that we can uh, get a glimpse at, that'd be great. We've had customers send us audios, uh, audio files of interviews they've done with certain clients who then we can kind of pick the things that seem to be resonating the most throughout those client discussions, or if there's a certain blog post that's more popular than others. And then to tie it back into that initial response I had about the questions, if there's a FAQ that they have and they see people, you know, resonating or asking one question more than another, just making sure we're getting that question answered within the video as well. Um, but on, yeah, on the output side of things, it's also just not, spending all of your budget on the video production side of things. We don't do a lot on the promotion space at this time, but you need to have money to go to like share, you know, amplify those posts through promotion, get it on pre-roll um, and not just place it on the site, wipe your hands and be done with it. Right. So, so, so that's interesting. Uh, just raises a question in my mind. So, and I know you guys do a lot more than explainer videos, but that seems like something we've been talking about with if you're, if you're going to do an explainer video, then how, how do you promote that? Are you having it on your site and then you're running that explainer as, as a video ad or are you doing other promotions to drive traffic to that explainer video? Yeah, if someone says they're going to, in our initial discussion, say they want a video, they're going to put it on the website and everywhere else online. If they're going to put it on social, we typically recommend that we also do some cut downs, probably a 15 and 30 second cut, um, if not even like a 10. And that's obviously 
a little bit more budget and reworking the script to tell that story in a super short period of time, <clears throat> but that's going to be more beneficial for those social channels. So, uh, and it's pretty cost effective in terms of doing that in concert with the production of the 60 to 90 second video, <clears throat> but uh, trying to just repurpose one video at one duration across all platforms can be a little bit tricky. So it's just a matter of playing that, that out appropriately of saying, okay, we're going to do a six, a 60, a 30, and a 15. And this is how we're going to use the 15. We're going to use it on Facebook or in pre-roll and be able to track the results for that. For 30, we can use it organically and social and then promote those organic social posts in a variety of ways. But yeah, being a little bit strategic in, in how you can make the video malleable across different platforms is definitely something that we advise uh, if it's not already part of the initial kind of discussion with clients. Um, I've got I've got a completely different question. I don't know if you have anything else on that, Dean, but I got something else I, I wanted to well, touch I'm, on. I'm that curious about what you're about <laughs> to say that anything that could come out of my mouth is irrelevant now. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. Um, so you, uh, I mean, running running a team like this, you're dealing with a significant amount of what I would imagine are very creative people. Yes. Can you talk for a minute or two about some of the uh, sort of things that you've done in running this company with a bunch of creative people that have made it work. Cause historically, you know uh, I think a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs have challenges managing creative mm-hmm. types, right? Everyone's like, Oh, they're just a creative. And now they need like all sorts of like high maintenance, nurture <laughs> and attention and things like that. Um, and, and obviously you're, you're doing a great job running that team. So I'm just curious what, uh, what that's. Yeah. Like. Well, uh, I would say that stereotype is not necessarily true here, but I think the biggest thing that I try to do is... Are you just saying that because your team might listen to this? <laughs> I was just about to say, can we just pause for a moment to give a shout out to all our uh, creative <laughs> listeners that just took it from James? Yeah, I just want to put that out there. Uh, Colin Hogan does not advocate for, for that stereotype about creatives. But that being said, uh, I think my position with bringing on new creatives is always getting a look at their style what they like to do and what they can do and then try to frankly like sell that through in terms of when it's a right fit for a client line that up with the creative sensibilities of of that person in-house and say like okay you would be a great fit for this client because look at their website it really jives with your style and then you can really have fun with it um but allowing them to to flex their creative muscles and, and show off all that they can do, I think is, is the most important aspect of things. Cause if someone can do a lot of like really cool motion graphics, but they're working in stock video edits the entire time, then they're going to get bored <laughs> and not want to do it. But if they can do what they wanted, you know, nine to five that they would typically do after work, uh, that's going to be the best thing. Everything else is just kind of, you know, uh, toppings on the Sunday, but you just got to make sure that the meat of what they're doing is aligned with actually what their creative sensibilities are. I think, I think that's an amazing answer. So can I, can I, can I just verify? So you're saying calling creative types are extreme high maintenance. <laughs> that's what you just said. Right? That's what I heard. I heard that as well. I just, just wanted confirmation. Yeah, that was sure. all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. maybe he wasn't regretting being on the show two <laughs> minutes in but definitely this length in, he's now regretting it <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no i think that's i think that's a really good point though because um creative creative types don't want to be stale and it seems like if they're working on projects that make them feel stale that's when they're going to be unhappy in their role and i think that's probably true for you know, for most people, we want to operate mm-hmm. in our zone of genius. And so what you're saying right. is, hey, this is my style. This is what I'm passionate about. Let me 
let me work on projects that align with that. And I think that makes all the sense in the yeah, world. Yeah, and it, but also yeah. if there's areas that they want to improve upon, maybe they're not the creative lead on that pro- specific project, but they can be looped into the process and, and pick the brain of the lead creative on that project of, you know, oh, that's really cool. That frame looks really good. How did you do that motion style? Or tell me more about how you directed mm. that specific video so that the edit looked as good as it did. Um, and I mean, we're continuing to evolve. So it's also just having the freedom to like try different things within the process of like, okay, let's use 3d modeling to build out what this live action set's going to look like and, uh, kind of pushing each other internally, which is probably a pretty common answer, but yeah, I'd say the biggest thing is just trying to have some, and then we also do a lot of internal things, which is a lot of fun, um, as well as nonprofit partners. So we just every year choose, you know, a couple of, of companies, typically local that we just make Provo venue videos for, which allows us a little bit more creative freedom for the most part. Um, and obviously it's for a good cause. So that's super fun. And that's a chance as well. If maybe the client projects aren't within their wheelhouse to tackle something for, uh, you know, a nonprofit that is more aligned with what they're looking to do creatively. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so I know we've, uh, we've covered, covered some, some range here from mm-hmm. your El Paso commercial to explainer <laughs> videos, to talking about how you despise <laughs> creatives. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, so tell, tell us a little bit about what demo deck does and where people can go, uh, to find out more about you guys, if it seems like you might yeah, be a good fit. Demo Duck is a video production agency that works with clients all over the world. And no matter what a business is looking to accomplish with video, we can make it happen. So whether it's a live action, animated, stop motion, mixed media, whether it's an explainer video, a testimonial video, customer story, branded content, we've done it all. And, and we'd be happy to work with you to, to figure out how to tell that particular particular story or uh, make that bite-sized content, whatever it may be. So head to demoduck.com uh, and let's get in touch and get the conversation started. Awesome. Right. And, uh, and and just to confirm, we will see the El Paso commercial in the show notes, correct? I'm going to do my best. Actually, my parents are coming to town soon, so I'll see if they can dig that up back in Maryland and bring it with them out here. And uh, I don't know how to nice. digitize that VHS footage, but I'll figure it out for you guys. <laughs> I feel like if anybody could figure out how to digitize it. Yeah, it. that's fair. <laughs> right, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we got our best man on the job for yep. that. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh Dean, anything uh anything else on your mind before uh before we go? Well, there's many things on my mind, but you probably don't want to hear them, so we'll bury those deep into the back of my brain. <laughs> but um... <laughs> but uh no, it's been awesome catching up with you, Colin. One of my uh one of my favorite things that's actually come out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it was just a tiny little uh, piece of the show, we didn't really focus on it too much, was uh, your think-do-feel that you mentioned earlier on. I think that is uh, such a small little thing that you you mentioned in terms of the the, the 30 minutes we've been here, but... Like I, I love how I can like I can I can already see how that would pull out just some just some great stuff. Um, so I just I just personally love that. So thank you for everything you shared. Anyway, yeah, glad that uh, resonated, and thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here, Colin. Appreciate you being here and uh, putting up with us, especially um, for listeners. Make sure you go to demoduck.com and check out what Colin and his team are up to and uh, contact them if you guys have any video production needs. In the meantime, this is us signing off and we will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. 
For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.